Hello and welcome, friends, family, and enemies alike, to episode one of Reading Cadence. My name is Phil Olson, and today we will be reading the illustrious and quite, how shall we say it, uplifting poem of Edgar Allan Poe known as The Raven. Now, I must confess, uh, there was definitely some deep conflict within me as I was deciding which of Edgar Allan Poe's greatest works I should be reading. There was, of course, The Raven, which I eventually chose to go with, and then there was this other short story that he wrote called The Mask of the Red Death, which I thought was a had a very contemporary application to the pandemic we are living in in modern society. But, uh... I actually decided I wanted to bring an, an uplifting message to you, which is why I chose The Raven, which, if any of you don't know, The Raven actually chronicles a man who is grieving the loss of his lover, and uh, he so he creates this raven as the archetype of his grief, and he's uh, interacting in a dialogue with it about processing the grief of losing his Lenore, and perhaps there's hope that Lenore didn't actually die or that he will one again see her in paradise, except, uh, well, he eventually descends into madness and, you know, becomes one with his grief. But anyway, with that amazing intro, let us begin reading The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volumes of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. "'Only this, and nothing more. "'Ah, distinctly I remember,' It was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Nameless here, forevermore. And the silken sad uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating to some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, 
dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore! Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again, I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is someone at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it were. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the light's plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such a name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word did he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, ha, other friends have flown before, on the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled by the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock in store, caught from some unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster followed faster and followed faster, till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking I betook myself to linking, fancy under fancy thinking what this ominous bird of yore 
what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat, engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But, but whose velvet violent lining with the lamplight gloated o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, that God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite, and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate, yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's Plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken, Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. Mmm, what an uplifting poem, guys. Like, folks, Edgar is a master storyteller. 
master. Like, this is probably one of the most motivational pieces of works I have ever read in my life. Well, I think next time I really feel like we should really delve into a really heart-throbbing thriller, don't you? Yeah, I was thinking about something like, oh, I don't know, the United States Declaration of Independence? So until next time, as they say in show business, that's all he wrote.